Welcome to another episode of Critical Geeks. This would be a very Ryan-focused episode. It might even be The Last of Neil, because Ryan is going to be talking today about his experiences with The Last of Us and The Last of Us 2, which he played over a very, very, very long week. Um, so, obviously, Last of Us 2, Ryan, has had quite a bit of, I'm going to use the word, controversy. We'll go through that. Uh, I've played The Last of Us 1, and I'm replaying it as we speak and you played Last of Us 1 for the first time, and then went straight into the DLC of The Last of Us, and then went straight into The Last of Us 2. Yeah. Uh, the Last of Us 2 has had some controversy, because a few weeks ago there was major leaks from what was deemed to be a tester, or a home tester, where they leaked footage of the ending of the game, even though that may or may not be, be the ending. Obviously, there will be heavy spoilers in this episode my name is neil dealey and today ryan perrow is going to tell us his experiences on the last of us 2 i am i am well not just last of us 2 i guess i guess the last of us in general would be the best way to phrase it because like i, I had no real emotional attachment to the franchise at all before going in and with these i didn't either so i was like okay but i've never played since the ps2 obviously but since ps3 and ps4 i've never played the kind of hot playstation exclusive within like the week or month it coming out because it's been my secondary console and i'm like meh i'll get around to it when i get around to it i've just i've had other stuff to play so if last of us 2 coming out and obviously game hype was sent a review copy so i'm like yes i get to play this um i thought well i'll play it now i briefly played the original when it came out at your house um, and immediately hated the third-person stealth-based crappy combat that I just despise in general. Um, and I was like, you know what? Just just get through the first one. Everyone tells you it's the story and the characters that make it, not the gameplay. So just play it. It's 15 hours of your life. See what happens. Yeah, and it's not a long game. It's not a short game. But in this way, I get to experience the the kind of hype of Last of Us 2 when it comes out, as opposed to playing it seven and a half years later yeah. and kind of trying to work out why people liked it so much. Um, I very much enjoyed Last of Us 1. I liked the, I hated the combat, but the story and the characters, uh, Joel, I thought was a prick, um, pretty much all the way through. I thought nearly everyone in this universe is a prick. Um, I guess it's just the state of survival in this world, isn't it? Most people are assholes. Um, I mean, it, obviously, you have the really emotional start with Joel losing his daughter on, like, you know, breakout day and whatever they called it. And then, you go, and then obviously, he becomes a hard and horrible man. And it skips 20 years. I hate that in narratives. Do you know what? I, when I played it again, I play it as we speak, like, I, I was didn't remember it being 20 years and I was like that's a heavy massive jump and I always kind of feel those jumps in apocalyptic films stupid because I immediately go no no one we wouldn't survive 20 years we humans just, wouldn't survive 20 years of this from like a writing standpoint it just saves you time and effort like you don't have to you don't have to worry about how did the world fall apart and how did we knit it back together you just kind of go well it fell apart bam now it's fixed you don't yeah. have to do the legwork of how did we get there and let's be honest for the most part the legwork of how you got there isn't interesting like the story or talent's interesting not the actual kind of minutiae of how the world reformed itself but i still hate time jumping narrative anyway but it jumps 20 years joel's obviously became a much harder closed off person than he was before and then over the course of the game he kind of opens up and gets to know ellie and then sees her as the daughter he never he lost and kind of replaces with her and then he makes the big decision in the first game that the cure ellie has inside her isn't worth her life so he murders the fireflies and pisses off with ellie and lies to her about what happened and i'm like oh that was great and then obviously at the end when and i can't remember what her name is i'll say it's martha but it might not be um He's like, don't take her. Leave me. Let me live. Let me live. And Joel just shoots in the face twice. And he's like, nah, you'd never stop looking for her. I was like, oh, Joel's an asshole. Yeah. But I get why he's doing it. And this makes sense to me. And then 
I played the DLC, which I thought was great, and it flushed out Ellie as a character, and you saw the loss of her innocence from, like, even though the world's a shithole, there's still some level of childhood innocence that people have, and you watch Ellie lose that in the DLC, and you're like, okay, fair enough. Um, well, yeah, because in the game early on, in the first Last of Us, she's a jokey, snarky kid. She's making jokes about um, Bill's porn collection and comics and she steals some and she's giving him sass and sticking his finger up at him because i when i started the last of us one we won't go to too much last of us one but when i started it recently i thought oh no i just played the dlc because i haven't played the dlc before and he said and he said have you played the last of us like, yes i played the last of us but when it starts that dlc it's set about halfway through the game yeah and i was like oh no hang on this is going to be this is going to make any sense so as someone who hasn't played that DLC, i'm guessing when she's away when joel's injured she toughens up a bit because that's the point in the game where you control her and therefore have to kill lots of people and stab people and murder them. And it must be that toughening up that causes her to become like the, another character in the game as a killer and a murderer rather than the bratty kid you've been escorting the entire time. Yeah, she does what she has to to get her and Joel through it, yeah. which is a kind of, I guess, a constant theme of the entire world of Last of Us is people do what they have to do to survive, um, which I guess neatly brings us on to The Last of Us 2. That game starts... I'll be honest with you, there are so many like black pay- like black screens in this game with a date or a day. It's like, shit, or day two, four years ago, six months before, that it jumps around all over the place. And it wasn't confusing at the time because I was watching it progress over the course of a week as opposed to like trying to remember it now, but it's difficult to explain. When the game's set over a certain amount of time, um, Jackson's community has kind of grown into like this kind of like big secure village. People go out on patrols. Ellie's 18 now. Uh, it's like four years after the end of the original game, basically. Um, Ellie's grown up. Uh, her and Joel are a bit frosty, but you get little bits of narrative and explanation dropped throughout the course of the game. So it's not like you find out why she's pissed at Joel until, I don't know, say 10 hours in. And then it, the game manipulates kind of what you see as their Joel and Ellie's relationship throughout the game. One moment is like, they hate each other. And then there's one moment where Joel takes Ellie to a dinosaur museum for her birthday and there's like a surprise. And then there's this really nice kind of moment when they're in like a space shuttle and they kind of bond as like father and daughter. And it does that a lot. It plays with, I don't know if it even plays in a manipulative way, but it shows you the kind of complex relationship that these two people have. It's not all Joel's a hero, Joel's fantastic, Ellie's great, Ellie's fantastic, aren't we both wonderful people? It shows you the complicated relationships that people have where you can have that relationship with Joel, but then be pissed off at him for something or he can overstep and it's the, the mess of humanity, which I liked. Uh, long story short, you, do the, you play as Ellie for a bit and then Ellie goes to sleep and then you see like a dream sequence and then someone wakes up who kind of vaguely looks like Ellie but as if like they forgot what she looked like and the game is this really different thing where it's kind of like was Ellie, was, am I Ellie grown up now? Am I in like, I don't know, I guess late 20s Ellie and she's, her face has changed. It kind of threw me. I was like, is this Ellie? And you're not really sure and then about after five minutes of playing this, right. this character um, someone goes, stop messing around, Abby. And you're like, oh wait, no, I'm not Ellie but my brain went, has she had to change her identity? What happened? What did she do? And then you eventually realise, no, this is an entirely separate character. Ellie and Jackson and Joel are all over there and these people are nearby. And they're up to something and they want to hunt somebody and you kind of know it's Joel because of what happened in the first game. Yeah, yeah. Um, Long story short, Abby gets kind of pissed off, runs off by herself, is getting attacked by Infective. Joel and Tommy find her and then they can't get back to Jackson because of a snowstorm. So she goes, why don't you, Abby says, why don't you come to our place and you'll be safe? And they go, okay, so they go to their place when they get in there, Tommy and Joel are relaxed. Now, I've seen complaints that Joel and Tommy are too relaxed in the presence of these strangers. Um, but that's... But this is the problem, is the game got, seems got an issue of it needs to show, don't tell. Because if you've got a giant community of people 
the, the original trailer showed this like town hall of everyone dancing and having a party. If you've got a giant community of people all of a sudden, what, plus 20 years after the infection, then surely random people have had to come together and trust each other and build something. Yeah, so like it's, it's, surely you're at the point where the, surely at the point where like, they're like, well, we need to get as many people in as possible because we are rebuilding. Yeah, well, people's complaints have been Joel and Tommy would be more cautious than this. And I'm like, I completely disagree. Joel and Tommy have had X amount of years, at least, say, four years in this nice Jackson area um, to become used to meeting people and survivors. And they're so safe and secure in their little kind of town that the only danger is are the infected. There are occasional raiders. But for the most part, you've got very little reason to, I guess, suspect people. Uh, turns out, Abby and the gang shouldn't be trusted. They knock Abby out... Abby and the gang Abby killed the Joel. Gang. Is that an episode of All of a Sudden? Yeah, it is. <laughs> Abby and the gang killed Joel. And then they kill Joel. Ellie, Ellie is trying to rescue Joel or find her where he is because she's worried that he's trapped. Um, there's some stuff of a girl that Ellie's kind of dating and not dating, complicated and stuff. And uh, it's not really important, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not a... Really, well, it's kind of a court. Their relationship's an interesting part of the plot because it's a relationship. I mean, I, I, I heard that people were upset that Ellie was a lesbian, and I'm like, okay, grow up. Right, see you later. End off. Like that. So those people must not have played the DLC for the first game. No, I, I would guess not. But because it strongly hints that she's always oh, she's having her first hormonic reactions to a girl. Well, why is it still? Why is it still a, a question in 2020? It's oh, like, well, we'll get into the yeah, you know, Ellie, get into the anger anyway. Ellie is gay. End of. If you've got a problem with it, that says more about you than Naughty Dog in the game. Um, but Ellie goes off to try and find them, and that's when she ends up in the same place as Abby. And then Abby beats the shit out of Joel, beats him to death with a golf club, runs off, and Abby's all like, "I'll kill you, I'll kill you," and it's all angry. And then essentially, that's the game's plot from that point on. Ellie is on a revenge quest to murder everyone involved in Joel's death. And then the game will suddenly go, ooh, but that Abby character, let's flash back. Let's flash back to the first game when Joel shot those doctors and surgeons at the Firefly base. It turns out the doctor he shot was Abby's dad and Abby is on her own revenge quest to get revenge on Joel. But that seems to be a problem that you've got two characters out for revenge at different times, but one's already got their revenge. So she's achieved her goal and revenge. And unless she's aware of this other person coming for her, which I'm assuming she does because there's more murder and death on the way. She's not. There's like a weird time jump. Maybe the ending should have been Abby killing Joel. No. So then what would be the plot for Ellie? You can also, the first game, to me at least, the first game is Joel's journey from father to horrible, jaded, violent man to softening a bit and being a father again to Ellie instead of his daughter, Sarah. I think that was her name. Um, so that, that was Joel's story. This is Ellie's story. This is Ellie's path through trying to survive in this world. So to me, it makes perfect sense to get rid of Joel because what would the game have been if you had played as Joel? Would it have been some bad people want to hurt Jackson? And yeah, then- but there's never any... The problem with you said about Walking Dead and any apocalyptic zombie film story, there's, not, there's, there's always usually the same. People surviving. Oh, no, there's monsters. Okay, we introduce a new type of monster. Or, oh, no, there's bad people. But there wouldn't be much. I mean, what, what, you know, what would you make the story of Last of Us to? Uh, there's a rival gang nearby, and then it's just a season of Walking Dead. Yeah, and to me, it makes sense that there'd be consequences for the actions that Joel took in the first game, whether they're personal consequences between him and Ellie, or more kind of large ramifications like people wanting revenge for people he killed. Yeah. So to me, it made sense. And then Abby gets her revenge basically, and lets Tommy and Ellie live, obviously, and then goes back to where she's from. And then Tommy and Ellie spend the rest of the time trying to find out where these people are from, track them down, and Ellie goes off on a revenge quest to to kill them and 
that's intersected with bits of getting to know who Abby is. So initially, you don't know who she is. She could just be a random firefly. You're not really sure. Turns out she's the daughter of the doctor that was going to perform the surgery on Ellie. And that's why she wants to kill Joel. Because A, he killed her dad. And B, he took the, the cure away from the world. Um, then you steadily get to know Abby and what's going on in her in her town. She lives in Seattle. And there's her group called the Wolves, which are the Washington Liberation Front. And they got rid of Fedra, the government, and were supposed to be like, freedom for the people. But they turn out to be just as tyrannical and kind of fascist as the, the which cops. Which is very cliche, but of course it would happen. If you're a powerful group and you realize you are the power... You gotta set rules. Well, yeah, yeah, you're gonna um, keep that power, aren't you? But. And then there's a religious nut job group called the Scars in the game. They're actually called Seraphites, but the Ellie, not Ellie's people, Abby's people call them Scars because they'll cut big scars into their cheeks um, because their 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 martyr was imperfect. The world's imperfect, so they're imperfect. And some bollocks, religious crap. Who cares? Again, um, very cliche group religious yeah factions. like especially in your post-apocalyptic world of you know you've got military and then religious nut jobs like yeah. there's there's not much nuance there um but then you start to get to know abby and find out what she's going on and then people seem to think that the game's trying to make you like abby now i liked abby i liked abby i liked abby more than ellie at this point in pretty much the entire game because abby got her revenge and stopped that was that was what she did. Her revenge was kill Joel, not kill Joel and every motherfucker in the room. It was kill Joel. Yeah, it's whereas like this man killed my father, who was on a righteous. He was one of the only last doctors left, doing something to actively protect and preserve the human race against this horrible disease. Probably quite understandable, really. Yeah, like he wasn't just he, her father. Just didn't get killed by random raider. He was killed doing a noble and quite moral act in terms well, of science and survival really i guess for the human species yeah but then that's the that's the big that's joel's big issue in the first game isn't it like there's what's right for the world and then there's what's right for him annoying alarm uh, but yeah but there's what's right for the world and then there's what's right for him and what's right for him is saving ellie and what's right for the world would be letting ellie die so that the potential cure could happen so to me abby's motivation makes perfect sense but the key point is once abby's got her revenge she goes home she doesn't kill tommy she doesn't kill ellie and goes home and then ellie's like right i want revenge and i'm gonna get revenge on every son of a bitch that was involved every single one not just abby who was in charge top down she's gonna kill them all the whole group the yeah. whole faction and i'm yeah. like fair enough ellie wants revenge go get revenge ellie and then over the course of the game you see ellie gets more and more violent to fulfill her revenge which to me was well, look how much time she spent with Joel. And it's kind of like, has the world and has Joel's influence on her been so detrimental that she's becoming like Joel? She's becoming horrible and violent and needlessly brutal. And then Abby's kind of like the other half of that coin where once Abby's... Abby's not a nice person in terms of what she just to survive. She's killed hundreds of scars. She's merciless. She hates them. She'll break their necks without blinking. Like, she's a horrible person. But that's, that's, again, that's everyone... In any apocalyptic movie. You've seen Mad Max films, there's whole factions. Exactly. We're going, oh, that guy over there, he's got a bit of fuel, let's kill him. But to Walking me, Dead, these groups meet each other in things. Again, we'll keep bringing the Walking Dead, but it's a zombie thing, isn't it? So, like, the groups in Walking Dead will meet each other. There's immediate paranoia and a bit of suspicion. And then they'll happily kill people. How many games or films have those of you seen where random couple have been found and they're all dead and their stuff's been stolen because the simple fact is there's no mass production anymore or farms it's like oh there's some people they've got some stuff we need that stuff let's kill them or eat them well, it, like, it may be a kind of arrogant assumption to make but i think it's people's obsession with heroes and mistakenly singing characters in either last of us one or two as heroic when they're fundamentally not they're doing what they're doing because it's what needs to be done 
that's it. They're doing what they need to do to survive. It doesn't make them morally right or nice people. And I think people are upset because they're like, Ellie did bad things and Abby wasn't as bad as Ellie. Therefore, they're trying to make us like Abby more than Ellie. And I'm like, for fu- finish the game, number one. Don't yeah. just read about it, like play it because the, the, it's a massive spoiler for the end. But the game has 17 endings. So it's like watching Return of the King in the cinema. I was desperate for the loo. And I was like, <laughs> come on, just finish. And the game kind of ends. Abby... In fact, one bit's really cool. So you get you players, both characters leading up to a certain point, and they keep jumping back through time to see. You see how Ellie got to like say the end point of the game. Yeah. And then you that happens, and you're like shit. And the game goes, and I think so. Have ten hours of being Abby, which I think is part of why people are like hating on the character because it's almost like in Halo Two where it was like, there's the chief, who's this fucking arbiter, and why we got to play as him? Or Metal Gear Two where you start as Snake and then you're playing as Roy. Like people don't like having their character taken away and being forced to play as someone else. Except the great part of doing that is you get another perspective and you get to see a wider sense of the world, which is what Dust of the Trilogy really well. You get to see Abby and her world and how she became who she is. And then you play as Abby up until that point. And there's like a kind of, you know, a little bit to you. Oh, I recognize this bit. That's when I was here as Ellie, I was doing this. And Abby's got there an hour before or an hour after and seen what's happened. It's almost like what Halo 5 should have been. But there's, I mean, we could do a whole fucking episode on what Halo 5 should We be. won't do it to Halo 5. No, yeah. no, don't get me, still going to be triggered, Neil. Yeah. <laughs> to calm here. Um, yeah, but so that's that. And then you play as Abby. And then the game kind of, there's a really cool bit where playing as Abby, you've got to fight Ellie. And Ellie uses all the tricks that you use when playing as Ellie at her disposal. So at one point, I ran around the corner trying to get to Ellie. And she set a trip mine and blew my legs off. And I was like, oh, son of a bitch. And it was great because yeah. I'm like, oh my God, I'm actually getting to experience the other side of the coin. I'm, I'm getting to be the person trying to kill Ellie while Ellie tries to survive. And I adored that part of the game because I was like, this is fantastic. Look, Ellie's being sneaky and firing her bow and Ellie's much faster and agile compared to Abby, who's big and hench and, you know, like tough. So it was a really nice kind of dichotomy between the two. But they get into a fight, basically. Um, and then Abby's like, don't let me see you again. Fuck off, Ellie. After beating the shit out of Ellie. She could have killed Ellie and she doesn't. She's like, well, that's it. Let's just call it quits. Off we go. Separate ways. Then it cuts. Again, another time jump. Ellie and Dinah, who's like her girlfriend, who's pregnant with some of the dudes. That's the lady in the original trailer who she's dancing with, isn't it? Yes. Um, she's had the baby and they're retired on a farm raising cattle or sheep or whatever. And they're having the life. And you're like, what the fuck? This is a strange ending. And yeah. because it's The Last of Us, this section probably lasts for about 45 minutes. But I'm constantly going, oh my God, raiders are going to come. Oh my God, I'm stressed. Like every room I walk into with Ellie holding this baby, I'm like, oh my God, it's going to be a gunshot because that's the world of The Last of Us. Yeah, it's, it's a horrible, horrible world. world. And they're presenting this picturing scene with Ellie and this, and you're like, Ellie's moved on. Oh my God, there's peace. Yay. Like, I'm glad Ellie's found peace. And then Tommy suddenly rocks up and is like, I know where Abby is. Let's go kill the bitch. But because of stuff that happens to Tommy in the game, he's not really able to go and physically do this. So he's basically, look, Ellie, you promise we get revenge go finish the job and then Dinah's all like no Ellie I can't take this don't get revenge and I'm sitting there going don't do it Ellie don't you 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 got most of your revenge just leave it don't turn into Joel don't become this horrible violent person that Joel wouldn't want you to be but Ellie can't help herself she has it's almost to- very um wild west that's a very that's another cliche story the don't you go out and do that one last job and he's like oh I've got to go I've got to go do it I've got to do that last job and it's like oh don't so, you come back there's this really heartbreaking scene where Ellie just basically leaves and Diana's like I don't know if I'll be here when you get back essentially and Abby just goes that's on you I've got to do this and, and Ellie goes off to kill Abby so but they're also implying that the revenge of Joel and that, that is more important than her 
building this new life for civilized life. Like again, it's almost idolizing. Oh, she's got to do the violence. That's more important than. Well, yeah, she can't. She can't build the new life because she's not finished with the old one, and it's kind of like that drags her back in. You know, like oh, the old person retired, but like true grit, like old retired, maybe back <laughs> in the game. And she goes off, and it's tragic. And then the game has this really weird part where it's all set in Santa Fe, in like California, really bright and colorful, which is really. I'm sure they only did it because people complain the last devices is too gray and dull because it's set in rainy. Maybe like the, the yeah, maybe the developers were like, we've got all these colors. But, Come on, let's use them. At this point, the game feels like it's finished, and all of a sudden, you're like, what the fuck? And you play as Abby for a bit with the the kid Lev. I can't remember the name the kid that she's with. Yeah. Um, but then Abby gets captured by a third group and Ellie's there to kill Abby. So you've got to essentially rescue Abby from the third group who are just fucking nuts. Just some crazy, like, rattlesnake-loving, mental, almost like Coliseum running so th- type these people. these are seraphides. They're more seraphides. No, no, no. no. Totally separate because group. Because this is the thing. The, the, one of the original trailers, I remember, showed... The girl who everyone thought was Abby, because they were going, oh, Ellie, sorry. They were going, oh, my God, Ellie's super buff now. And she gets cut down, and they clip her wings. Remember, they break that one girl's arm. Is I mean, that's that seemed to me like one of the endings. It's part of the endings of Last of Us 2, because that's Ellie and her friends saving Abby from what it shows in that trailer. So Abby's being hung by the scars and going to be killed. And then those two kids that are called the girl that has her wings clipped and her eyes mm-hmm. broken she's an apostate she was a part of the group she broke the group's rules and they're going to kill her so you've got the scars who are Abby's enemy because she's a wolf and then you've got these two traitors that the scars see this, this kid had and they're going to kill her too and then they're rescued by her sibling who is the trans character in the game which isn't an issue it's really well handled if you've got a problem with it it's 2020 grow up um I can't be asked to spend like a 45 minute conversation about like oh my no, god no, 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 people that exist in a real world are represented in art no because this is the problem when the trailer came out you had you had so many different leaks which were non-linking to each other but somehow did because the problem is there were so many of these leaks and so many people speculating talking about it you were like what the fuck's true and not there was, a, there was the imagery of Joel being killed by the golf club and then it showed Abby and then everyone said that Abby was the trans character because it was a buff girl which is so ridiculously insulted at the same time to like trans but, people but then like, there was no mention of the character in the leaks who actually was does turn out to be trans and i remember thinking i feel so sorry for naughty dog because they've made what you know two major franchises on playstation yeah. the biggest game is last of us and their last game of the generation sequel he's absolutely getting fucking torn to pieces Ooh. on twitter I by mean, well- people who haven't played the game and have read the leaks i was saying inverted finger quotes and have immediately gone oh the game shit i've read the leaks and people uh, then people said you haven't played the game have you so shut the fuck yeah, up see i've i've had conversations with people who don't or don't like the idea of certain parts of the narrative and they've watched people play it or read it and i'm like to me you need to play the game gaming isn't a passive experience it's why it's so immersive and engaging in the first place because you're actively participating in it so if you're not actively participating in the events i feel like there's a disconnect and you might not be as invested as you would be otherwise if you were actually playing it but get back to the plot and then we'll discuss why i think i've had the reaction i've had opposed to other people's reaction Mm. afterwards but basically you go and kill these like random third people release abby you know when you find abby at this point she's completely emaciated she's not this giant powerful terrifying figure anymore she's beaten and worn and bruised and it's upsetting to see her but i liked her as a character so at no point was i like oh my god i'm glad you're suffering i was like oh my god look at the the physical difference between the one you play as for part most of the game and the one you've now seen chained up for however long she's been chained up is staggering but ellie's still there for revenge and abby refuses to fight her now abby's still with lev the the kid she kind of run around with and abby's like you will fucking fight me not abby 
Ellie puts the knife to this kid's neck and says, you will fight me or I'm going to kill this kid. So Abby's like, fine, I guess we'll have to fight. And then you have this really well done fight. And then I'm playing as Ellie. Like, bear in mind, I still like Ellie and I like Abby. I haven't got a favourite. I like both characters. But I don't want Ellie to become the violent sociopath that Joel was. But there's a part of the game where you're basically driving the knife into Abby's chest, hammering the square button. And I'm sat there going, hammer, hammering the square going, no, don't do it. But I'm having to do it because I'm but playing you're the, the game. you're the one doing it. But you're I'm like, the character, yeah, but yeah. you haven't got a choice not to do it because it's part of the game. So I'm hammering the square button, but I'm desperate for this quick time event to end and for Ellie to not kill Abby. I, I want Ellie to save herself and not do this like murder, essentially. But then by this point, how many people has she killed? Oh, doesn't people, do- dogs, slip throats, which she doesn't need to, all sorts of stuff. Like, but but see, but that's the, that's the disconnect you get with games and narrative. Hmm. The game forces you to kill people because it needs gameplay. At no point are you really given a moral judgment or a nar- or a character based judgment for what Ellie's doing. Like, you don't play the first game and judge Joel for every person he's killed. It's like in Tomb Raider and they have a Tomb Raider remake where she goes from crying in like a shack one second to putting bolts through people's faces the next. And there's just like that. You have to accept that disconnect and extend your disbelief because violence is part of the game. Now, the violence in this is very well done and we'll touch on that later. But I don't think you can be like, oh, essentially anyone she's killed outside of a cutscene, I don't think you can take as like her being a violent person because the gameplay is forcing you to do it. Yeah. Now, Ellie has been very violent up to this point and killed many people in cutscenes. Some of them accidentally, some on purpose. But to me, Abby represents her last chance for redemption. If she goes through with murdering Abby, especially after Abby didn't want to fight, that's, that's her ruined. If she does it, she's corrupted. And but she's but this is some of the arguments. Is she, can you argue, oh, she's already like that at this point? Because again, regardless of the gameplay, people happily murder each other, even though they don't know each they, other personally. They do, because that's me, one of the big complaints as but well. But to me, that's that, like, do these people only like two-dimensional characters? Like, is their favorite gaming hero the Doom Slayer, and that's it? Everyone else is a shit shell. Like, people are complicated, so it's entirely possible for Ellie to have murdered ten people. And when she gets to the eleventh, to me, that Abby represented the final bastion of hope. Not killing Abby saves Ellie's soul. In you know, to be overly like you know poetic. Yeah, but. She doesn't go through with it. She lets her go. And I, w- I cheered. I was like, yes! Because you, like, you, Ellie has just saved herself. She's not gone through with it. And she's let the rage go. She's let the revenge go. That life that she left Dinah to finish, she's now finished. May not be in the way that people are happy with. But to me, the character has made that choice to go, I'm not that person. I don't want to be that person. And then Abby pisses off and then the game basically ends. You have a really nice bit with... Abby bites off two at Ellie's fingers and throughout the game, Ellie plays guitar. At one point, she does take on me by aha and it's great. Uh, aha. aha. Um, but at the end of the game, she goes back and this guitar that Joel had given her that she you play, you play random guitars throughout the game. It's really, really cool. She goes back and she can't play the guitar like she used to. So she tries to play it, but hits bum notes and chords don't sound the same because she can't physically play it because she's missing two fingers. Is that meant to be a metaphor? Yeah, to yeah. me it was so insanely poetic. I'm like, see, look what look what Revenge has done. It, yep. It's done this and it's ruined. It's killed and then, the music in the world. Yeah. The, but so, so to play devil's advocate though, a lot of people are angry because they're saying, well, we've got this character who kills Joel at the start yeah. and then you play through a vast portion of the story off to kill her revenge. Now, the problem is you've got a random character who's killed Joel, who the fans obviously jizz over, and have done for a long time. There's been one game, and this is you brought up this earlier, there's a giant gap between years in real life, you know, between the releases of the two yes. games. So then, of course, the game then says, oh, now play as the character you've been hunting and you've been hating for the last 12 hours. Is it 
angry self-entitled fans or the game's fault that over those 12 hours, some people have not fell in love and realised this at the Abbey? Or are they just going, why the fuck am I playing as the bad guy? I'm no, fuck off, fuck off, fuck off, fuck off. And they haven't cared or started well, to care? I would I would guess, because I've played both games over the space of like a week and a bit, um, I've not had seven and a half years of hype and I have not kind of turned Ellie and Joel into these iconic PlayStation brand characters. Like they're not, I'm sorry people out there who love The Last of Us. Ellie and Joel are not the face of PlayStation. They're not Crash Bandicoot. They're not Lara Croft. They're not the Master Chief. They're not Mario. They're not recognisable as a brand. If I was to walk into the street right now and show someone a picture of Mario, they'd be like, oh, it's Mario. If I did it with Crash Bandicoot, maybe you'd get some recognition. I did it with Master Chief. It'd probably be, that's Halo guy. If I showed them Joel or Ellie, be to bloke and a kid. He's that Logan? I yeah, saw Logan they're, they're in the not, cinema. They're not as iconic as I think people seem to think they are. But because I didn't have seven years to kind of immortalise and kind of hype up the new game, I just went one, bang, bang, next, and played them. I didn't kind of revere them in the way that these guys have. But I think that the way Naughty Dog set up Abby and like her justification for what she's doing was done really well because you've basically watched, seen two revenge stories and how, how one person how it changed one person and didn't change another. And they couldn't really do that without making you play as that character because you, it tried to make the violent seem and the revenge seem horrible. Like ga- games get criticised for glorifying violence all the time. And you people, like regular listeners will know how much you and I love Doom 2016 and the complete demon slaying orgy that it is. Yeah, it's just joy personified. It is. And like, I like the, your heart's pounding, like metal's riffs are blaring, and you're like, yeah! The violence in Last of Us is the complete opposite. Every single act of violence, whether you're playing as Abby or you're playing as Ellie, is horrible. The, the gore is disgusting and horrible. Stabbing someone in the neck and watching arterial spray pump out is disgusting. The facial animations as you strangle someone and they, they, they panic because they realise they're going to die is horrible. Trip mines going off and blowing limbs apart. Shooting people in the arm and their arm falls off and they're lying on the ground screaming. They do a really cool thing where I'll snipe off NPC A's arm and then NPC C who can see where she is will go Neve ah! I'd be really upset that their friends died so every time you kill even an NPC it, it's very grounded and it's like holy fuck I'm killing people but it's what I'm having to do to get to where I need to do again to go back to the first game it's doing what you have to do to survive and it's but it's horrible all the way through I, the violence is so well done in this game that it's not enjoyable it's just a necessary evil well they're violent worlds and the problem is just like you said before when when you're killing people they're just probably other groups surviving and there's oh there's some more people because in a world like that you're either going to run away from someone else or try and kill them immediately because you assume they're trying to kill you and you run away because they assume they're trying to kill you no one's going to have a nice chat with each other well I think it's nice chats I mean let's this weird assumption that somehow Ellie and Joel were heroic it's like where where in the game did either one of them display any kind of heroic let me ask you a question about Last of Us 1 so Last of Us 2 portrays Ellie as the bad girl because she killed Joel Who's the bad guy in Last of Us 1? There isn't. Well, technically, there is I guess you would say, from a grand... This is the thing. This is why it's not as simple as just, they want me to not like her. Because it's like, well, in the first game, technically, the person in the wrong is Joel because he makes a selfish choice to save Ellie, which could have benefited the world. So from a grand scheme of things, yeah, Joel's the bad guy. But then, from, from the player's perspective who's fallen in love with Ellie over the course of this game and really like her as a character, Joel's the hero. Yeah, because he saves, he saves her from these so, crazy scientists. Shock horror 
evil and good is just a matter of perspective. <laughs> yeah. and, oh, what does Last of Us 2 do? Deliver you two entirely separate perspectives? I'd be interested if you chatted to fans of the Last of Us 1 who loved it and hated Last of Us 2, if they actually acknowledged that Joel's actions at the end were kind of selfish. And like you said, he, he did almost wrong in murdering all these scientists trying to actually accomplish something. And let's not because forget, I don't, he I lied don't... to Ellie. Yeah. He didn't say they were going to kill you so I shot the fuckers. Hate me if you want to. He lies to her about what happened and he lies to us other times. He... Ellie works out what's going on basically and in The Last of Us 2 and you see a flashback. There's lots of flashbacks and confronts Joel about it and basically says, if you don't tell me the truth, I'm not coming back and you're fucking dead to me. If you tell me the truth, I'll come back to Jackson and we'll see what goes down. He tells her the truth. Ellie gets upset and then... The gang does kind of toy with emotions a bit in terms of are they friends and not friends when they die? So at first it feels like Ellie hates Joel when he dies. But again, there's a difference between being mad at someone and someone else killing them. Like, it doesn't mean that just because she's mad at him on Tuesday and someone kills her on Wednesday, she doesn't care on Wednesday because she still cares about Joel. She's mad at him. But then by the end of the game, you find out that they'd patched things up and they were friends and would explain why the revenge was so important to her because Joel meant so much to her. Not that I ever questioned that because, well... Characters have depth, and some of the, I feel some of the people that are complaining about this game don't understand how to write characters. Well, I, I don't... For example, so the section in Last of Us 1 with Bill. Joel and Bill know each other, yeah? And there's a section where Bill talks about his partner, and he's, oh, I had a partner. But he's like, eh, fuck partners. I don't give a shit about partners. You're okay, you're, is it definitely recording? Yeah, it's recording. I just okay, good. The numbers are going up, are they? Good. Yeah, we've not been talking for as long as I feel like I've been rattling. Oh, right, so, yeah. uh, there's a part where Bill goes on about, oh, his partner, and wow, fuck partners, fuck other people. And it's like, yeah, because again, in worlds like that, some people would be like, I ain't fucking trusting anyone. If, I've got, if I'm in a secure place with food, it's all mine. Fuck you, it's all mine. And then Bill finds his partner hung. He's hung himself. And he's a little bit emotional. But then he realises that the partner was hoarding some of his stuff and he took the car battery and he's like, fucker, fuck him. Guess what you fucking deserved? And then the partner writes a letter going, no, nah, I can't stay with you anymore, get fucked. So even two people who were presumably meant to be this affectionate, loving couple, because he's presumed, he's presumed he's, he's gay because of magazines and he keeps saying partner in a particular way. These two men who presumably loved each other in the end of the world was like, oh no, fuck it, I'm going to fuck the other one over and leave. People are kind of out for themselves well, for selfish reasons. People are complex. Like, just because you're in love with someone doesn't necessarily mean that it's the best thing for your life to be with them. Like, they, he fucks off and obviously steals some of his shit and goes off and Bill's all like, oh, fucking partner abandoned me, blah, blah, blah. But then he finds out his partner being bitten and hung himself so he wouldn't turn. And it's like, oh, wait, that complicates things more and he gets a bit emotional. Mm -hmm. Then he, like you said, then he finds out he was hoarding my shit, son of a bitch. And then he's like, it's complicated. Like people don't have these really neat relationships that are tucked into boxes of we are friends and we're lovers. And that means all oh, that means we're never the train will me. And then never become like, you can, you can be mad at someone you love and it doesn't mean that you don't love them anymore or that loving them stops you being mad at them. It's this really weird idea that the fans complaining about I this game it, seem to have. I think that the fans are, the fans are seeing Joel and Ellie as these black and white, figures i played with them and i love the story and love them therefore why they can they can't do any wrong therefore abby bad why players abby because the amount of hate and anger this game is getting is pretty pathetic to the point where unfortunately we're going to be talking about this for years to come and i honestly think naughty dog's next game will be ruined it's, because of this it's the time of fan entitlement now we're we're all the same like i'm not that much of a last of us fan but when Halo Infinite comes out, we could be very well having a conversation and I could be screaming like a crybaby bitch. Yeah, true. Like, I don't... 
All right, well, I, Star I, Wars being the best example yeah, I can currently okay, think yeah. of. So people currently, people hate the sequels, people love the sequels, people hate the prequels, people love, whatever your stake on Star Wars is. But Star Wars is so much bigger than movies to me that I can dislike the Rise of Skywalker and things that happened in it, but I've still got 200 Star Wars comics over there. I'm still buying Star Wars novels. I'm still playing Star Wars video games. Star Wars is, as a universe is bigger than just one facet of it. And the world of The Last of Us is interesting to me. So if you take... Ellie and Joel out of it and make me play as Abby, I'm still a fan of that world. My liking of the game wasn't dependent on the two characters in it. Just like playing as Halo, you play as the Chief for the majority of the time. The Arbiter flushed out the Covenant and made me understand who I was fighting. And then you played ODST where you weren't the Arbiter or the Chief, you were just a random ODST soldier trying to make your way through the war. Yeah, I like that that as well. And it was fantastic. You were these grunts who were just, well, they're just doing their job, aren't they? So surely, in my logic, I guess, if the only reason you like The Last of Us is because of Ellie and Joel, Naughty Dog have kind of failed at their job because they're meant to make you care about the universe they're investing you in, the world they're investing you in. So if your entire attachment to that world is your idea of these two characters and then last of us two has somehow betrayed that to you why did you know they get first game so much in the first place well, because I, people want more the great adventures of john and ellie but, and again I mean, even though the problem is is that if you look at the if you just look at the story of the first game they're not on a grand adventure of saving well i suppose they are a grand adventure of saving the world but joel doesn't really give a shit he's just doing his job yeah and then ellie's just going there and then she kind of realizes, oh, yeah, well, probably is for the best. Well, at no point really does Ellie realize she's going to die. Like, she only finds out that she'll die as a result of the cure when Joel confesses to her in Last of Us 2. So after they're saying in the first game. So it's not like Ellie's on this noble quest to... For, for all Ellie knows, she could be thinking, we'll get there and they'll take a blood sample. A bit of a blood and they'll test, use yeah. a blood test. They'll give me a cookie and a glass of squash and then we'll cure all the weird mushroom zombies. Um, oh, we haven't touched on enemies, have we? No, no. We've, we've, the game we're has talking a boss. about the parallels of last like, one of the st- Last of Us Two has a boss fight. That wasn't in the fucking Last of Us One. Eh, sort of. It was just more like he's an enemy for the first time. Yeah, this has a boss. Yeah, it's legitimately a boss. Um, it doesn't have a health bar, which is annoying because at some point I'm like, this thing's never going to die. Um, again, you fight the boss as Abby. I think people might have been like, oh my god, this is giant creature, but. This creature would murder Ellie. I don't care how badass you think Ellie's got on with a bow and how skilled she's got through, you know, I don't know, tracking or whatever. This giant hawking nemesis-esque monster that's a patchwork and made of many different infected. It's a horrible freaky beast. Would fucking annihilate, annihilate Ellie. She'd be dead immediately. Abby is fucking military trained in fucking hench so and even she like when one of the animations be catching you it just picks you up in its giant arms holds abby by the chest and rips her leg off with one hand like it's horribly horribly yeah. graphic but if it can do that to abby ellie's got no fucking chance well anyone would like it, the whole point is if it grabs a human and just rips someone in half by sheer force and will regardless who it is you're gonna you're gonna die so that's the biggest new enemy the boss which is just a mishmash of other infected and at one point in fact you'd crawl off it and run off and there's another one to fight and it's like the fuck this is horrible and it's gross but it's quite cool rather claustrophobic um you've got clickers are back but you know they're standard enemies obviously yeah, you've yeah. got humans but they're not particularly exciting to kill because no. they're just humans there are dogs people have dogs that track you now right okay so so hang on yeah sorry to interrupt you you talked about earlier about how the violence is horrible in this game yes we had a clip on a few days ago of last of us 2 and it was showing um we'll get to this particular part of the story in a bit it was showing like ellie killing dogs Yes. And I remember turning away and going, I don't want to see this. But if I play the, when I play, I'm playing the game, I don't have a fucking choice, do I? But I don't like, like, I like the violence and gore in Doom Eternal because it's, it's quite silly. 
and it's quite daft. Well, and you're killing in demons. The last... Like, you're doing a good thing. Like, when you... The horrible murder in Gordon well, no, Doom is, like, justified because the... you're, you're stopping evil. Even the moral side of it, when, like, you're grabbing a guy's foot and smash it through his own head. Yeah. You're like... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, like, if I'm the last of us, I'm stabbing women in the throat and watching their gurgle out, I'd be like, oh, no, this is... It's like, the te- it's like, I don't want the technology to be that good to see that in the person's Yeah, I mean, space. you don't like gore in general anyway. Like, re- like you know. Not real stuff. Not no. real stuff, no. Like, I mean, killing the dogs is horrible, but it, it says something about kind of gamers and society and psychology, I guess, where we'll play a game and murder 2,000 enemy humans and not feel an iota of guilt because we just accept that it's a game and I'll kill people in it. Good, bad guy, die. Got to play a game, bad guy, die. Yeah, yeah, but then suddenly you kill a dog, people lose their fucking minds, and it's like, oh my God, it's like, well, that... You kill the people because they're in your way. The dogs are part of in your way, so you kill them, and it's not nice. Um, I was a coward for the most part and would set a trip mine, walk past it, let the dog find it, and then I'd just hear, as an explosion went off, and I wouldn't have to see the dog dead because I didn't want to. But again, Did you imagine it was just wounded? No, no, um, no, trust me, what the trip mines do to people in this game, <laughs> the dog's fucking definitely dead. Uh, it's in seven pieces. Um, but then the same people, you kill the people. The violence is horrible all the way through, and yeah, it's more emotive when you kill an animal because you're like, oh, it's just doing what it's been trying to do. It's not the animal's fault. Whereas the people are making a choice to do what they do. So maybe that's where we have the kind of moral or emotional difference, but it's an enemy in a game. You kill it. So one of the subject to dogs, I nearly accidentally sport this for you in Last of Us 2. Well, you like spoiling Last of Us I games I didn't for mean me. it. I basically mentioned giraffes over and over again. And Ryan was like, oh, this is the fucking giraffe bit, isn't it? Um, yeah, you know, that, that one nice, lush, magical that, moment that in The Last of Us 1. It's that not is, that good takes you out of the pit of despair the rest of this game has been in and then the second Ellie ran off I went it's the fucking giraffes isn't it because you'd mentioned giraffes (laughs) it wasn't that good in my defence I thought it was much earlier Um, so there's a part in Last of Us 2 where you kill and again I've I haven't really touched Last of Us 2 I didn't really care I'll just say this I didn't really care about Last of Us 2 at first and when I held all the leaks it just got spoiled for me so at that point I was like Whatever, I'll play it much later because I probably forgot by then. There'll be a PS5 remaster. Well, that's what I plan is. I'll play the PS5. So you kill a dog, and this is the point. You kill a dog in the game. A specific dog. Yeah. Well, well, no, no, no. In terms of the game, you just kill a dog. Well, no, it's it's, again. This is where it's like it's missing out on if you've not. This is my point. If you've not played it. No, but no, 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 no. But no, no. My point is, is that in terms of you playing Gazelle, you get attacked by a dog and you kill the dog, and then someone goes, "Ah, my dog," and then later on you realise that that particular dog belongs to Abby and was her dog, and you have to play catch with it and bond with it. But again, is it the game's fault that it sets you up for an emotional moment that should have been flipped, where you should have played as the dog with Abby and liked Abby and her story and her people and everything else, and then had the moments with Ellie, but then does that make no, Ellie out as a bad guy? Because then, you see, people are obsessed with this idea that Ellie's the bad guy in the game, and I'm like... What game franchise have you fuckers been playing? No one's the good guy. No one's the no, bad guy. No, but that's guy. my point. If you, if you play as Abby first and the game introduces new character and the gamers are like, oh, who's this new character? They're, they're kind of screwed in a way because if you play as Abby first and you play through the whole thing as Abby and go, Abby, Abby, Abby. Oh, Abby's got a dog. Oh, no, save Abby and the dog. And then Abby's segment ends with a battering Joel to death. People will be like, what the fuck? I know I want to kill her. But then if you have Abby... And then Abby have a go through all this stuff and then Ellie just goes on a murder spree with Abby's people. People would be annoyed because an Ellie is made out to be this vicious killer killing this Abby person. But, but for what reason? But she so, is a vicious killer. She's just motivated by revenge. No, but just I'm like talk- Abby is. They're, but they're I'm talking basically- about from the player's perspective, the reactions where they're going, 
oh, well, fuck this Abby girl, or, oh, but I liked Abby, why is Ellie killing well, her? It's like they're screwed I'm, either way. That's why I'm confused by the fans' reaction to it, because no one in this world is a nice person, and they all commit horrible acts of violence. They do it for their own reasons. So it's just essentially fan attachment that's making them upset that maybe... Ellie shouldn't be murdering these people, but she shouldn't be because you shouldn't be killing each other. Just like Abby shouldn't be killing dozens of scars every five minutes without a second thought. So it's not as if, again, it's not if in the first game, Ellie, it's not like we've gone to the cinema and the new Avengers movie is out and at the start, Captain America is just shooting Scarlet Witch in the face going, fuck yeah. Like he, he hasn't betrayed a core character. Like Ellie was capable of extreme violence in the first game and she learned to be that violent to save Joel and rescue Joel and keep Joel healthy. She did that violence even when like weird pedo-y preacher guy had her captured in the first game and she mm. breaks his fingers and you escape. Again, Ellie is capable of extreme violence. The, the first game clearly demonstrates that. So why people are upset that Ellie's demonstrating extreme violence in the second one motivated by her first for revenge, I'm baffled as to how you can look at that and go, she's being portrayed as the bad guy and Abby's being portrayed as the good guy. They're both being portrayed as people motivated by their whatever motivates them, killing people. They're all doing bad things for what they consider justifiable reasons. I mean, is it the problem that the leaks came out and everyone was like, Abby killed Joel, Abby bad. And then, then they're even more angry that Abby is portrayed as this character we're supposed to play as. And is that, is that where the betrayals are coming from? Because again, the amount of hatred is all aimed at Abby from the fans. But as you said, if you actually played the game, the game is implying these different views and perspectives of story. Because all the, after the leaks, everyone was like, fuck this game, I'm not playing it. Why would I play as this person who's killed Joel? Why the fuck would I do well, that? Well, we won't know until we get The Last of Us Part 3, which mm. I'm convinced will feature, more than likely feature Abby as a main character. I did get the sense that the game was kind of like, right, Joel and Ellie's story's done. Let's see where Abby goes with this kid. Because bearing in mind, in The Last of Us 1, you've got old man who's seen it all and done it all, young child learning the ropes. Yes. And then... Last of Us 2 is Ellie's learned the ropes and now she's using those ropes to kill people for revenge. And then at the end of this game, you have Abby and Liv, Neve, Lev, Lev, what the kid's name was, escape. And I'm like, right, so now am I going to watch Abby be the old grizzled person teach this kid how to survive in the world? But what I want to, I hope that does happen. So when you play Last of Us 3 and Abby is your hero, and Abby is the more hero in inverted commas because it's the Last of Us world, but when Abby is your main protagonist, will people then go, Oh yeah, Abby's great because similar case when I get angry about comic fans whinging about how you shouldn't have this diverse character do it like Miles. Miles Morales was done properly and then I'm like go read the letters pages because you all fucking hated him. Like the amount <laughs> of people that hated Miles Morales when he came out and were just appalled they'd killed Peter Parker off. Even though it's not our Peter Parker it was a different universe's Peter Parker. I, I think the problem there is that you said is the problem with comics is there's thousands of different stories that everyone can jump on and have an example of oh I like that story of this character. The Last of Us I think if they had a third game with Abby as the main character, people are going to lose their shit. And I'll tell you why. Because they're going to say, oh, they're doing that to spite the real fans because they didn't like their yeah, game. Because, I can guarantee you. Because Naughty Dog don't like making money and they're going to be deliberately vindicted. It's not even Gellion where the director's just like, fuck you all, don't like my ending, I'll kill every character. <laughs> like, you know I mean? But no, but people have said, seem to have said that. They've, they've implied that Neil Druckmann... He's now the sole, who's now the sole writer and director because you had people leave who helped and write and direct the first game. He's like, oh, anti, we won't go too much to this. He's like, oh, wait, and he's anti man, anti pro this, anti that, feminist, blah, blah, blah. Oh, I think and they're all like, they're all like, oh, no, he did this because he wanted to 
he fucked that character. I and... don't care what some nerd in his basement thinks was the inner machinations of Naughty Dog as a studio and why the game. There's the game. There's the art. If you like it, great. If you don't, fine. You're not entitled to sit in pissy and whinge and complain and send horrible tweets to people. It's funny, Ryan, because they are, because they've had a petition made. Oh, well, we all know how great petitions are. Yeah, they all do fantastic. But I think it's like 15,000 subscribers. The worst part is actually. now the Snyder Cut's getting released. It's just going to encourage these fucking idiots. Of course like, it is. Where's Last of Us 2 Director's Cut? Where is it? Where is it? I love that a group of people can sign a form of which there'll probably be, let's be honest, a few thousand, maybe 100,000 at most, and actually think... Okay, game studio, you're, we are gonna, we're all going to spend four to five years making another game again for all those people with all that money to put it out again to then have to somehow de-acknowledge and get rid of the last one because we're going to do this for these group of fans. Do you know what's really funny? Say you had 100,000 people petition. I really think it's funny that if, if another game come out, I bet you're about half of that 100,000. <laughs> will hate the new one and go well this isn't the petition game that we wanted yeah. they all branch off into their well, own little pissy whinges fans are, fans are never happy nowadays you never please everybody so you shouldn't try I mean I, I don't know to me it's just odd if if you think somehow that The Last of Us 2 has portrayed the char- betrayed the characters of Ellie and Joel I don't know what game you played. Now, I had the advantage of playing these games back-to-back over the space of a week and a half. If you played this game and have played it several times over the past seven years, I just think you've got to the point where you idolise these characters so much. They can do no wrong. They're the greatest. But then you've got some more narrative. But if you don't like it, fine. There's plenty of fucking stories and games. I don't like the way the plot in Halo 5 is delivered. I don't want to kill Cortana. I've already said to all of you that if it gets to the point in Halo Infinite and I've got to press a button to kill Cortana, I need you to do it because I can't kill Cortana. But I'm not going to... That phone call, like, Neil, can you come round, please? I'll give you chicken and rice if you press one button on the controller for me. Here's a damn look. I hope there's a fucking achievement for it. Press X. I don't. I'd never want that achievement. But my point is, like, I'm attached to Cortana. I have, like, what, 15 years. But even if that does happen... I'm not screaming on the internet at 343 and like, you ruined Halo. I don't like how the story's delivered. It was too much of a, you know, tell, don't show. In that case, you know, you just got told that stuff happened. Mm. See, well, we get on time jumps, though. But it was just, I'm not, I don't hate Halo now and I'm not screaming at Brian Reed for ruining it. And, it's not, you know, it's not like, Frank O'Connor, how dare you? You've betrayed my childhood. Like, grow the fuck up. Like, if you're that upset by the art, stop buying it. Like it just—it doesn't make any sense to me. This out, weird outrage culture we live in, where people seem to think they're entitled to get exactly what they want when they want. Like it's like the Dark Souls argument over if it has an easy mode, it betrays oh, the developer's fuck, fuck intention, off. which is funny. Don't fucking because play it then. You're Don't only get, it on that difficulty. You're only going to get an easy mode if the developer wants to. So you, your argument for it, that it betrays developer intention falls out of the window because if the developers choose to put easy mode in, in their that's, game, their intention yeah, in their, their game. game, not your like, game. There's plenty of art I don't like. I don't like far-right thrash metal that sings about neo-Nazis. You know what? I don't listen to it. It's amazing how I have this weird, uncanny ability. I appear to be unique among nerds in this state. Where I can find media I don't like, just leave it alone. Don't engage in it. Yeah, just don't. Just leave it alone. Click it or watch it. Um, I don't like particularly like... There's tons of fucking game franchises I don't like. I don't play them. Yeah. I mean, I don't like the Assassin's Creed games, but I don't sit there playing through 50 hours so I can piss and whinge about them. Um, yeah, the amount of hatred, like you said, there's death threats, these ridiculous self-entitlements and if Mark was here he'd say the internet was a bad idea and giving people a comment on the internet was a bad idea you know what the best part is Daniel just realised that we're both kind of hypocrites go on the end into Mass Effect 3 yeah but that was shit 
Well, honest, I've already thought. <laughs> I've already thought of a defence for myself already, and it's that I don't think we were mad that the ending to Mass Effect Three was one we didn't like. I think the fans were angry that it ended in a way that we were specifically told it wouldn't, and it was incredibly unexpected and against the kind of Grain story of game, and narrative yeah. that was really building up to it. The whole was we're not going to go to Mass Effect Three, but the whole thing was building up to something which that ending was. No, might, Definitely I, not. Might end up throwing the and, microphone across the room. And the, the ending to Mass Effect 3 was about 45 seconds long. Yeah. The, the, there's a, still a fight going on. The ship fucks off, lands on a foresty planet, everyone gets out, and then Shepard vanished. And I was like, what the fuck is but, this? But again, like, this is kind of case. Of, like, I didn't like the ending, and I was pissed off at the ending. Did I buy Mass Effect Andromeda? No. Because... Yeah, I did. I bought it. Well, I didn't, because I'm like, I was so... I didn't enjoy the last product so much because of the ending that I was like, no, I'm not going to invest my money and time into this one because of the last one. Now, that's not pissy, whingy, and entitled. That's just I've stopped liking it. Transformers movies, I'm a huge Transformers fan. I went to see the first two or three at the cinema mm. and was so angry at the franchise for how shit it was. I just didn't like it. And I meant to say I was younger, so I was more, you know, volatile. Um, but I was like, I fucking hate these movies. I'm not going to watch them. I stopped watching them. So the, the point where you got to like movie number eight, I was just like, I don't give a shit. And then they announced Bumblebee. And I was like, oh, this is intriguing. It looks like G1. Yeah, but that looked different. That was... That's just well, yeah, I mean, oh, I wasn't going to go see that because the director, like the trailer made it look like Starscream and the director went, it's Blitzwing. And I'm sat there going, uh, actually, Blitzwing is bigger <laughs> and different colours and it's a triple changer, being a, being a twat. Um, <laughs> but then I went and saw the movie anyway. And as you know, I've watched it how Don't many times? Stop fucking talking about that movie. No, I love it. It was great. And um, even John Cena in it, just to annoy Daniel. Yeah, big um, to John Cena. Um, but, yeah, no, so, but that's so, my point. Like, if you don't like a media, I'm kind of overrun the tail. If you don't like the media, stop buying it. Well, I don't think they're going to buy Last of Us 3 now because it's, it's the worst game ever made. I was going to read through for a laugh. Going to get an Abbey t-shirt now just to trigger people. <laughs> and carry a golf club around. Oh, my God, that'd be a great cosplay. Just lie on the ground. When, when, yeah, when, when conventions can happen again, we'll have to do that just to piss people off. Just tape a, tape a golf club to your head. And tape like, a golf oh, club Joel, to your head ooh. and then have like Metacritic scores of 10 out of 10 all over your body. Um, I mean, fundamentally, if you've not played this game, you can suck a dick and I don't want to hear your comments because that's, that's kind of telling that to you, I guess, as well. As well. well, I was, like, was going to wait and the, my problem, I suppose my problem was it's, if, if, if I, you, it, got spoil, it got spoiled for me, but then by this point, I was... Well, I know what happens. I know the big moment, but I was in. I was in deep enough to be like, "Well, now I'm intrigued now." And the whole thing of the hatred uh, in, intrigued me to look into it and look. If, and you've, and if it. you've played the game and don't like it, we can agree to disagree. But if you've not played the game and are screaming about it, fair enough. It's your right as a consumer to not buy a product you don't think you'll enjoy. But I don't want to sit and hit people pissing and whinging about a product they've not experienced because you've not experienced the nuance. You've not. You've not had the experience. No, that's why I'm not assuming i'm asking questions about well that's why i'm i was sending you well you're not a, you're not a vitriolic twat on twitter are you <laughs> well sometimes well not today but, yeah well, but i mean I, I was i was asking you questions like i said well with the way you play as ellie and then abby and for example abby's dog death it doesn't mean anything at the time because it's just a dog is that the game's fault in the story being told in a well, wrong no, order you, you know who that dog is when you kill it because you you've played as abby and you've played fetch of it and it's been on missions and it's been spoke to and fussed and you're aware of who that dog is, but you're playing as Ellie. So when you're playing as Ellie, your motivation is do what Ellie needs to do. And you, it's not done and you're not given a choice. Most of the dogs in the game, you can evade or distract and run past This dog, you have to kill. It's almost like a set piece. It has to die. So you kill it and I'm like, fuck, 
Abby's dog's dead. And then later on in the game, Abby walks through the doorway and sees the dead dog on the ground. And she's like, <gasps> and it's obviously then worried for her friends that were in the same building this dog was in. Hmm. And it's like, killing the dog is still emotionally impactful when you already know who it is because you're killing a dog. If you're killing anyone or a dog in a game for the most part and you're not emotionally impacted by it, I'm probably worried about you. But it's true. But especially how the violence is done in this, like again, one of the things that you can't really get across from watching it and not playing it is is the visceralness of the violence. It's not overly gory, but that almost makes it worse. Like if it was like, you know, ripping their throat out and chucking their head across the room, it would get to the point where it's so cartoonish that you might enjoy it, like Doom. Yeah, yeah. Whereas this isn't, it's horrible. So when the dog dies, it's still horrible. You still feel like a pang of guilt that you've killed this dog that isn't even real. Um, and then characters die and you're like, holy fuck. Like, I mean, I haven't even touched on some of the points that happen that are really emotionally impactful. What happens immediately after that dog dying is a million times more impactful. I think I know what you're going to talk about. Um, oh, I'm not going to spoil it, but... No, but I think no. I do know. I think I probably guess what it is about. I mean, Ellie, I to say it. Ellie kills someone, and it, it's, it's more complicated than just killing a person. Yeah, I know what you're wondering. Um, yeah. But that's impactful. But it doesn't. I don't understand okay, how people can on, play on, the sorry, game, sorry. be upset that Joel's dead, and Ellie happened to watch Joel die, and not feel the same empathy for Abby watching all her friends be murdered. It's like they've kind of gone, Abby's bad, and in my freaking two-dimensional character world, Abby's the bad guy, so Abby must be hated. But I think that's what people have done, because, I, I mean, okay, we could touch on, are people playing this game with hatred because of the leak? And they've seen an end result without the context. But the problem is, is again, is people seem to be talking about it, like you said, that despite the things you're being shown, they don't give a shit because Ellie, Ellie and Joel, Ellie and Joel, Ellie and Joel, like... I don't think they give a shit about any introduction of any other character because as soon as that character is introduced doing a bad thing to their precious little Joel and Ellie, regardless of the context and emotion and setup and history they try and show to just say, look, it's just another person. I don't think they care. Well, they don't I mean. It's and not, I, think it's... They've, I think they've become vindictive and almost angry at the developers for having to dare putting them into that position. How dare you how do barely... your job the way you chose to do your job? I mean, it's like, well, I've got 10 hours in. You asked me how I was enjoying it. And I went, it's basically Halo 2. And you went, I know what you mean. And then go back, like I said earlier about with Snake. I remember being a kid and buying Metal Gear 2 and playing a snake for 45 minutes. And all of a sudden I'm playing as some emo fringe blonde twat. And I'm like, who the fuck is this? And I had the same kind of annoyance initially of why am I playing as this guy? But I still want to, I still played the game. I still want to uncover who Raiden is. And I ended up. I wouldn't say liking him. I mean, it's a Kojima game, so I spent most of it confused trying to work out what's going on. That I'm sure I saw something about people claiming that there should be a lawsuit or something or some anger towards Sony for saying that the trailers are false false advertising. I mean, I I didn't see much of the marketing, to be fair. I remember seeing that E3 trailer where the girl gets her arm broken. Um, That's too much. That's violent. Um, Again, a lot of the time, marketing teams are a marketing team. It's their job to generate hype and generate sales. So they're not normally, from what I know, that involved in the actual creative process. It's just, here's a product, sell it. So Well, yeah, they don't make the game. They take they they, they go, well, we'll use that in a trailer and we'll cut that. Because the, the, one of the examples is that they've they've used false footage to in the trailers. Like there's a moment where Ellie is standing next to a car and her, her lover pats her on the back and he's like oh you didn't think I'll let you do this alone would I I mean in the trailer it's Joel and fans are angry at that but this is the problem they weren't angry at the time because they didn't know and they look it's like they're looking back now for reasons to be angry companies 
people who make stuff mislead you all the time the amount of the stuff that was put in Star Wars trailers that was deliberately misleading 90% of it wasn't in the film fuck me the Halo 5 marking like was that for a different game like it just it (laughs) happens all the time and it's not ideal fair enough but again it's this weird entitlement of if that advert is the sole reason you bought that game for that sole moment I would understand your point of well I wanted to see Joel Petelli on the back it's the only reason I bought it and it's not in there fair enough you remember have a point to say that you were misled by advertising but it's not where you bought the game, is it? No. You bought the game because you liked the first one and wanted to see the you wanted to see more story. of these characters in the And well. what you're saying is, I don't like how the story went. It doesn't fit my headcanon. I hate it. Well, yeah, that's true. Which is fine. I mean, that's, that's, you, but you don't need to be a prick about it. it. This game's The Last Jedi of games. Yeah, I liked The Last Jedi. And you hate yeah, it? Uh, well, I didn't like parts of it. Um, I mean, I, mean, I used to work in getting... a comic shop, as some readers want to. And I had a lot of fun... I used to work for Disney too. And I had a lot of fun schooling people um, about Star Wars. I don't think you're going to do it on The Last of Us. I think um, this is a 0 out of 10 or a 10 out of 10 game for people. For me, it's a, a, I mean, if I give it a percentage, it would be 98%. It's almost perfect. I encountered one little bug where I threw a brick at an enemy and he kind of like ran up an invisible wall and disappeared. And then, How do you know it was a bug? Because I've never seen a clicker do that before. Maybe he's really fit. Maybe he's a unique clicker. Very athletic. No, like he glitched away. He disappeared. Well, it, it was there so you weird. go then. He maybe um, had that power. He evolved. But I didn't encounter a majority of bugs. I see people complaining about physics bugs with like the ropes and stuff. And I'm kind of like, it's a bug. Well, it's a, it's also a very impressive piece of physics. I so. think the problem is if, if you're initially pissed off by this game, you'll nitpick at it. If you're initially neutral or enjoying the game, you just accept bugs as bugs. Right. I nitpicked the shit out of Final Fantasy VII Remake. You did. Because you were already pissed at the changes to the story. Yes. Um, but in, I suppose some stuff that I nitpicked, I just didn't like at times. Padded. Was, uh, this game's padded, Ryan. Yeah, okay. That's, that's not a nitpick. That was a complaint. Like the combat, I had circumstantial dislikes. But for the most, I didn't hate the combat. There was just parts of it. And I was just like, Ugh. but I was between that conflict of RPG and action game. Where, where Last of Us 2, it's just, I'm not going to use the word unwarranted hate because that would suggest it's a perfect game that no one can dislike. And I can completely see why people are angry at the, 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 them seeing this, this character just be taken away suddenly and then they're expected to play as the... Because per- in some people's eyes, they're not going to like or care about Abby at all because they've done this deed to one of their characters that's completely unforgivable. Like Much like Ellie, he's not going to forgive Abby, even though she kind of does it at the end of the game, of course. But a lot of those fans are never, ever going to, ever going to like this game. I don't think six months down the line, you're going to see people going, oh, no, actually, it's, I watched a YouTube video of someone analyze it. Um, Because I saw someone say, let's imagine that The Last of Us 1 was about a doctor. And this doctor is the only doctor left of his type. And he knows he's got to do something. And he's stressed and struggling and time's running out. And he's got his daughter and he wants to protect this world for his daughter. And he sees this opportunity in this young girl and he's stressed out and emotional. He's like, I don't want to, I, you know, I've got to have to kill this girl, but it's for the greater good. I have to do it because, you know, what's the other fucking option? Do we all just dissolve into cavemen and murder each other and evolve again? And before we can take that option, he's killed by this man, this Joel, this figure of evil who... Smuggler. Smuggler, yeah. Bastard who <laughs> grabs this Ellie away and just smuggles off into the night because he just didn't want her to die. After killing dozens and dozens and dozens yeah, of Yeah, and his friends. work and his friends. Um, if you're the, and the daughter, he's sensed and angry and how dare I'm going to go out for revenge. Yeah, if you played Abby's that's story. Us, that's Last of Us too. Yeah, if like, you played Abby's story before Ellie's, you'd be going, who's this fucking Ellie bitch and why is she trying to kill everybody? Yeah, little fucking but bitch. I just don't, I don't understand people's 
weird hero worship of these characters. I don't understand how... Like, I just don't... They're just stupid. And that's really probably going to trick people to say, but <laughs> I just don't understand. Like, just looking at it from a story, a, a purely story perspective point, if you can't see the nuance between Ellie's story and Abby's story, and you can't see how why both characters are justified or unjustified, depending on your position in their actions, you're, men- you're mental. Well, yeah, There's something wrong I mean, with you. Unch- because- a Naughty Dog makes some brilliant games. And Uncharted, I think, has got some fantastic action set pieces. But there's a lot of narrative and dialogue, and there's a lot of cinematic moments in all their games. I mean, a lot of people, do you remember, a lot of people complain about Last of Us and insult it by just saying, it's just a movie. You must get rid of the gameplay sections. My, just my say it's big, a movie. My so big you point can't... for not playing it for so many years was just, yeah, but if I want to watch a movie, I'll watch a movie. I don't want to put up with the janky shit. I let you, you a long time to play it. You did, and I eventually yeah. was like, you know, everyone does say, it was the rest of the game, hub lads, they were all so hyped for Last of Us 2, and I was like, I haven't played the first one, and they were like, what? Oh my God, it's amazing. And it's like, well, if enough people, you opinions you respect tell you so much great, you will look it out, and I'll yeah. check it out. And for, I me, for me, it's more. It's not a, oh my God, you've got to play this. It's a, I think, when I recommend something to people, I don't just go, oh, I love the Earth Defense Force games, Ryan. You should fucking play them. You do. Because you were like, do that all the time. what the fuck is this shit? Um, for the Earth Defense Force, yes, I do. But, for example, I said to you, you need to play The Last of Us. It is really good. But do you remember when I said about the Uncharted series? I didn't say you should you play the Uncharted series. I didn't, I didn't say you should play the Uncharted series. I, say, I said, just play number four. Yeah. Because I think you'll get the most out of four. And then I refused and I'm playing them all. Yeah, and I told you to play Hellblade and you liked Hellblade. I fucking hated that game for... for... (laughs) That was really funny because when I finished that game and I still hate those stupid shape puzzles and I thought they were so frustrating. But the again, having got past the parts I didn't like Mm -hmm. and fully experiencing the narrative, Mm -hmm. my opinion on the game changed, which the rest of the group found really funny. Like, oh my God, are you saying Neil's right? And I was like, Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying because I played the game and enjoyed it. I don't know why it was such this giant shock that I would change my mind on something based on having finished it. So to me, the people who are whinging about Last of Us and haven't played it, I'm like, sit down, put your fingers on your lips and play the game. Well, you have to take your finger off your lips to play it. The whole game. Yeah, play the whole game. And then when you've experienced every single part of it and how it's delivered, if you've got the same opinions, fine. But I imagine a lot of these people who do play it and do experience the nuance of it, not passively watching PewDiePie fucking play it on YouTube, actually play the game yourself you may have a different perspective and I don't I, I still I mean it's a wider issue watching someone play a game is not the same as playing a game no. because you can watch someone watch a movie and it's still a passive experience games aren't passive you're actively engaged so when you're the person pressing that button to kill that dog it feels different to watching me press that button to kill that dog so you're not getting the emotional or immersive connection that you do in games and that's why we love games the but reason funnily enough that's why all this hate started because people watched clips of someone else playing parts of a game with no context and i remember when it all all the leaks started happening i saw people going why don't you play the game rather than just watching these clips that you've got no idea about because also everyone said that when uh, abby calls joel the golf club they said that's the end of the game that's the end of the game and uh, that's how the game ends, and that's it. Black, black screen, roll credits. What What would the story be if that was the end of the game? Uh, infuriating would, to everyone, would, I imagine. Would the story of the game just been Ellie and Joel skipping through a field, and then one day naughty buff Abby comes along and brains him? Like, well, again, that would the, you would have to imply, oh, Abby's the bad guy for 
a reason that well, was not also implied in the... She le- is, because she murdered someone, just like Dolanelli murdered people. They're all fucking... This is my point where I'm like, why are they worshipped as heroes? They're all fucking shit people. They're all shit people. The only nice person in the game, really, is Dinah and Jesse. People from Jackson who are like just trying to survive. They haven't really got a, a motive. Jesse's nicer than Dinah, because Dinah's just like horny, a bit of a thirsty bitch, and wants <laughs> to get on Ellie. And like, all her motivation is like, but I like Ellie. And it's like, oh, I'm, what, you got any, you got any thoughts in your head, love? Like, fuck me. Um, but anyway. But that's why I don't get the hero worship, because they're not nice people. No. In, in four, five, six months... Are people going to hate this more? They're going to change their tune because no one just stops caring, um, do they? I think no if, one just stops no. caring about it and moves on. Like I the last Jedi. Pe- I think if there are people that have been extremely vocal about it, they will never play it. The people that are sending death threats and asshole tweets to people won't ever play it because they're that. They're, that's the hill they're dying on, and they're going to die on it because they can't. People are too proud sometimes and can't be seen to back down or change their mind because it means they were wrong at some point. Hmm. I think the people who haven't played the game based around the hype, like yourself, where you're like, "Oh, I've looked at some spoilers. I don't want it. It's not really interesting. I'm not playing it." I think those people will play it, and then they'll have their own opinion. But at least they'll have played it. I'll play it eventually because you don't have to. Like, I mean, I write for a review site. You don't have to agree with me. You fucking didn't like Super Lucky's Tale at all. And when I told you what score I was giving it, you were like, "What? What? No." That's, that, that's life, isn't it? We disagree. Yeah. Like, it doesn't mean that I'm right and you're wrong or you're wrong. Like, you know, the, the ability for me to write 80% doesn't override your opinion. Like, you know what I mean? It's, I think I gave it four. Yeah, it's just my opinion. <laughs> so I feel like people need to form their own opinion and actually play it. And until you have played it, don't be overly vocal in your criticisms because you've not experienced it. But the internet doesn't work like that, do they? So I'll bring up a, a quick example. Cyberpunk 2077 is going to be the best fucking game ever made. Apparently. And it, apparently. And if it isn't, people are going to probably turn on that. But we were all laughing the other day when they were looking at the customization options for your character. Yeah. And there's only one vagina option. And <laughs> we were just taking the piss like, well, what if I don't want that vagina? It's cyberpunk. Like, there's two penises, but only one vagina. I don't see why I have to have a character that can't be just covered in vaginas. Just a walking vagina. Yeah. Just floats magically through the cyberspace. Yes. I mean, again, Cyberpunk simulates games where it will offend all different portions of Twitter. Again, it's weird how Twitter is this weird microcosm of society where you get the most extreme opinions expressed. Because I'm sure if I was to meet, you know, Simp Murderer 2 on Twitter, he'd <laughs> scream at me for being some kind of SJW you know, soy boy, I don't know what phrase, soy boy for liking The Last of Us 2. Yeah. But if I saw him in you are if I saw obviously. him in the Chewett game and um, was talking about Last of Us, he's not going to express it in the no, same way. No, he's, he's not going to be the way he is in any way. Because it's not societally expectable to scream that kind of shit in public, but it is on Twitter. No. Um, and then, of course, you've got Metacritic, where the game's rated a 0 out of 10, because that's a thing. Yeah, but who cares? Why anyone that's like listens when to, Zelda why doesn't listens. get 100% and they freak the fuck out. Yeah, that, why anyone listens to Metacritic scores, especially user Metacritic fucking scores, I don't know. Well, especially when you don't, there's zero qualification for the user score. Like, I could ah, go... Ah, but there is, because as people have said, you can't trust reviewers now because they're all paid for lawyers. The only people you can trust is the real fans, because after all, it was a real fan that leaked all that footage to us. Well, he warned us. He's a hero. We're not comments I've seen. And so, I mean, on Game Hype right now, you've got Adam's review of The Last of Us, which is a glowing review that he really liked and really liked the game. Then you've got Aaron's editorial, where Aaron tears the game a new arse, and it just literally shits on it from a great height. And neither, we were given a code, but neither one of, none of our publication is based around 
the fact we were given a code, it was it's always just we don't get paid. So it's always just the brutally honest truth. Um, yeah. But I quite like the fact that on the site, there are two the two diametrically opposed views in The Last of Us. And I guess it has split the audience. Um, I would recommend going to check them both out at GameHub.co.uk. Bit of a shameless yeah. plug. Yeah, look at that. But... Um, but no, it's just, it, it is one of the things and the controversy to me is less important in the game. I had a fantastic fucking time playing it. I would like you to play it because I'd like to see your take on it. I, I kind of, I want to talk about The Last of Us with people who've played the game. I don't really want to talk about people who haven't played the game hating the game because it's irrelevant. Well, I don't think, I don't much time I'm going to hate it. I've loved everything Naughty Dog. Oh, but I'll get, get my revenge now, Neil. Okay. You spoiled giraffes for me, so zebras, or zebra. Someone almost say to you, zebra. More zoo animals. Zebra. Oh, that's boring. Zebra, Neil. But what do you do with the zebra wine? Not telling you. Do you ride it around, chopping somebody's heads off? Just zebra. Oh, no. But there is a fantastic bit on horseback when the wolves attack the Scar village and it's all on fire, just burning the nighttime. And Abby's on a horse with Lev. I'll have to look up this character's name. And you're riding... You just played it... Like, five days ago. <laughs> I mean, oh, this is the worst part. So a lot of people got upset about the trans character. I can't remember the trans character's chosen name, but I remember their dead name. Ooh. Which, only because that's how you find this. I guess if people want to talk about it, I want to talk about it. The trans character is a young boy who was born a girl, left, shaved their head because they didn't want to be married off to some twat. Um, and then when you're, you're playing as Abby and you're with this character and you go into Scar territory, one of the Scars sees the character and goes, Lily, you never should have came back, but you've been calling the character and her... The, his sister's been calling him it's complicated um, Lev for the last for the past 10 hours and mm. five minutes of knowing him so you wrote, it only gets brought up because the other characters bring you up and then after the fight's over Liv says do you want to know why they're calling me Lily and Abby's response is do you want to talk about it Lev says no Abby goes don't matter does it and you just carry on yep, and I've seen people upset that trans characters are in it and I'm kind of like, why are you upset that art's reflecting real life? I don't understand what your issue is. It's not It's not a particularly political statement. The game doesn't take a stance on it. It, it isn't like, you know... No, it's just a sentence. You, at no point are you walking down Seattle dodging scars on a pride float goes past. Like, you know what I mean? It's, not, it's a non-issue. It's just the character's in there because trans people exist. Now, obviously me and Dan going to be going once about the trans character in Mass Effect Andromeda, which I've not played. And Daniel says that it was really poorly done and hammered in and the character shouldn't have been in there. Well, it doesn't sound like the one in The Last of Us is poorly done. No, it's if not. If anything, the, the, the whole... The, the sentence explains the history of that character which is already explained through the storytelling and that's why they left well yeah essentially like you find out why they left you find out what's going on you find out the character's trans at no point does it affect the gameplay or the story and so in any other way of this is that character's experience it's like there you go so you don't really need to talk about it because that's that character's experience like you know at the end of Metroid when you find out Samus was a girl oh and everyone jizzed their pants well, but see, like, did they because obviously I wasn't I wasn't playing games and I was young and I just wasn't involved but no I know but apparently if we didn't... found Nintendo magazine and went back people were like what a girl oh no but, I think they thought it was really cool but again that's going to be down to oh, I guess we need Mark don't we because he's the only one who plays old games yeah I guess that when you get down to the it's a feminist argument about women are only seen as acceptable with power when they're masculine in their in their lifestyle so we like Lara Croft because she's sexy which appeals to us but she, she kicks them out but she's badass with guns and kicks ass <gasps> she, you know she's not validated as a woman through traditionally feminine traits which is weird because feminism tries to disable gender roles anyway but do you know who I would make a woman to trigger the internet which character I'd make a woman I don't I could guess but tell me do marine do marine to be a girl yes but the best part is wouldn't change anything would it the do marine would no. still just be as badass no 
because the Doom Slayer is the Doom Slayer. Yeah. Doom but, Slayer would kick everyone. But if you've not played Last of Us 2 and you are a whingy little twat on the internet, play the fucking game and then we can talk. If you're a whingy twat about Last of Us on the internet, I would probably say in this particular case, you're never going to play that game. And if anyone tells you to play it because you go, oh, it's a deep, interesting story about these characters, your response would, would probably be either, fuck you, you're a shill idiot, or no, fuck you, it did this to the character I loved. Ooh. Play and talk, or don't and shut up. That's basically what it comes down to. I think I think you're, I think you're barking up the wrong tree. So think that the internet and gamers, particularly now, are going to adopt that attitude in any way whatsoever. I've seen a lot of people say, "Fuck off!" It's not the way the leaks were, but unfortunately, the, with the way the internet is and gamers now, they're so self entitled and angry and demanding of what their story and precious commodity should be. As soon as that horse has bolted, that's it. You don't. Well, yeah, it's like the majority. I mean, all right, it's it, they, no, they're not going to give a shit. It's done. That the Last of Us Two has probably had all its sales now. Well, bravely the second default, second whatever it's called, bravely second, the bravely default sequel, yeah. beat Last of Us Two in sales this week. Apparently, um, turns out it's because it was two pound forty nine at Argus, which I found out too late. Oh, and that's it was really irritating. Okay, yeah, yeah. it's two pound fifty at Argus. Um, so obviously for that period it fucking massively sold out all of Argus's stock disappeared and it was like, oh look what's going up in the sales um, that's why it went up in the sales it's not because people hate Last of Us 2 and suddenly love this game it's because it was £2.50 well Last of Us 2 is like one of the best selling games on Playstation now also what I also find really funny I meant to mention this earlier but to go back to people complaining about false advertising hang on a minute it's a Sony first party game and suddenly false advertising is a problem for people Killzone, Ridge Racer, the entire <laughs> PS2 launch lineup. Sony in general are fucking full of bullshit. They always have been. It's why every E3 I always wait for the day two, the day after the Sony conference, so you can actually find out what they actually said. Prime example being when Xbox announced all the DRM shit and everyone was were like, no, that's terrible. This is how you share a game on PlayStation. And then Jeff Healy, in a Game Trailers interview, asked the head of PlayStation at the time, will your console have DRM features? And he went, not on our first party games. And he went, you didn't answer my question. Will it have uh, Will it have DRM on your console? And he went, not on our games. And he's like, no, will DRM be possible on your console? And he went, well, if third party developers want to do it, that's up to them. And he was like, so that's a yes then. It will yeah. have DRM on it. And it's like, that's the usual Sony always bullshit. It's partly marketing and partly infuriating, but it's why I always take what Sony say with a grain of salt. So if you're upset that they lied to you about The Last of Us, are you whinging about Killzone? Are you whinging about anything else Sony have lied to you about over the years? No, because companies fucking lie. So don't try and act as if The Last of Us is some fucking like criminal outlier that has broken your heart because it's done an unheard That's what of. That's a trailer is. The trailer's job is to hook you in. I mean, you watch a film trailer and it's what one minute, two minutes, two and a half minutes, and what the film's like two hours. It's called marking. It's, what? A, it's a tiny example of the. The, the finished product. Mark, like it, the best example of marketing is when marketing goes wrong. I don't know what crappy mobile game it is, but there was some crappy mobile game that hired Kate Upton for an advert and put her in a metal corset. I don't remember the game. I remember the advert, and like that's the prime example. Yes, of I'm sure you do. Yeah, Kate Upton is not in that game. Is she not? No, I probably no, I've been putting it. hundreds of pounds on my yeah, exactly. do it every week. But I remember the advert for all the reasons I'm not supposed to. So it's like, that's what marketing does. Marketing finds a way to grab your attention and sells your product. I was hoping to find her in a loot box. Yeah. Not just in the game. In real life. In real life as well. Just, I, mean, if, I don't know. I feel like finding Captain in a box is a whole difference. That's like it's not a bit of CSI. <laughs> it's just like, well, it'd be shit if it was CSI. So uh, we've been talking now for 80 minutes. That's fair. Uh, to wrap up, Ryan, 
the last was two to you was a brilliant experience yeah i'm not going to call it a masterpiece because it's a weird thing to call a game yeah. um but i had a Probably amazing experience. It was draining. I remember I, I remember finishing it and just going, what a game, what a game. Mm. And then turning the Xbox on, joining a party and everyone being like, can play COD? I was like, I can't. I'm knackered. I'm physically exhausted. Like it was such a emotive, intense experience that I was like, I'm going to bed. I'm, I'm that lucky. Oh yeah, I was in the party. I remember you saying that. He said, no, I'm just going to bed. I was like, like, I'm, I'm yeah, it was just, and I liked the game, but it was just like, oh. And once it gets to its actual ending and not ending one of 67 yeah it it's just oh my god like everything about the game was just like fuck me that was enjoyable and that was intense and the joy i felt at ellie not killing abby was just like oh like the character that i liked hadn't been ruined for me and this is what i find really odd people are going you ruined ellie and it's like well finish the fucking game because she gets this close to being ruined and redeems herself hmm. which makes her better than joel which is what i don't understand this is why it's so frustrating because they were like joel was a hero no he fucking wasn't Ellie is a hero. She almost failed. I mean, not a hero, but she almost became the darkness that she tried to escape and didn't. It's like that's why it's great because you. Well, I like how I like how heroic to them. He's just, oh, my friend died. I'll murder everyone involved and then go home and have my kid. Even Abby, who got revenge on Joel and then has spent the game with her friends getting murdered, and the two scar kids that she runs around with kind of soften her a bit and show her that the world isn't as black and white as she thought it was and not all the scars are demented nut jobs. These two are clearly having, these kids are having their own issues and trying to escape. She helps them and kind of betrays her people to help them. So mm-hmm. she's starting to soften. And then it gets to the point where Abby's beat the shit out of Ellie and Ellie's on the ground, like can barely move. And then Diana's lying on the ground, pregnant and unconscious and Abby's going to slit her throat. And Ellie's like, she's pregnant and she's like, I don't care. And then Liv, the kid who's with Abby goes, Abby, don't and then Abby's like yeah I shouldn't do this don't let because they've both gone they've both yeah, look, look, gone look, way look too far look what revenge has done to you know done to both also, of their lives also it's not like they're fighting for the stake of the world you know 10 miles yeah. down the road there's some other cunty faction yeah it's a, pers- a cunty it's very faction personal like, you know. fight for them both but yeah. when, when Abby takes that step and stops the revenge puts, puts an end to the violence and Ellie wants to carry it on. You're like, shit, no, no, don't become Joel. Don't do it. So then when you get to the fight and she forces Abby to fight, it's tragic. Almost like, you know, the. it's a weird example to use, but 40K has the Horus heresy and Horus betraying the emperor. Mm. It's this very kind of esoteric thing that just happened. It's just history. That's Warhammer, by the way. It is Warhammer. I don't know anything about Warhammer. When you read the first Horus, the Horus Heresy novels, it actually makes it seem like a tragic a tragic event that happened and it makes the betrayal and the heresy seem like a bigger deal. In this, when Ellie can't let go of the revenge, it's heartbreaking because you're like, no, look at the life you could have if you just leave this. Hmm. But she wastes it and goes to get the revenge. So it looks like it's the path set. The path is set. But then when she doesn't kill Abby... I can't explain to you the euphoria of like, yes, she's not ruined. She's there's still hope for Ellie. But then Abby's fucked off because Ellie's letter. And you're like, right, there's hope for Abby too. So you've taken this dark, miserable, bleak world. And at the end of Last of Us 2, there's these two tiny people that are these two tiny specks of hope. And it's fantastic. And I don't understand why people are upset about it. Um, I think really I do understand. And that answer is fan self-entitlement, which is a whole new subject to talk on it'd be a whole new thing to talk on and i don't think it's anything you can get rid of but we've seen fan self-entitlement in films books specifically warhammer was one example where you've had recently games i don't think it'll go away and i think it's a shame 
It's a real shame. I, I, I haven't played Last of Us 2. I was going to wait a long time to play Last of Us 2. I was going to play it in the PS5 when I eventually got a PS5. Now, I'm sure I wouldn't have gotten away from the leaks and the spoiler, the stories anyway. And if anything, if, I, if there weren't any leaks, I didn't know about the leaks, you would be right here going, Neil, you've got to play Last of Us 2. Holy fucking shit, why haven't you played Last of Us 2? And I'd probably put my hands up and go, oh, I, yeah, oh, I should, we I should be, probably fucking play Last of Us 2. We wouldn't be I? having this conversation before you'd played it if the leaks hadn't happened. Yeah. But again, leaks aren't inevitable. To, you don't have to look at them. Like There's a halo leak at the minute that a toy or something has suggested happens, some kind of death from what I've heard. But I've deliberately avoided looking at it. Yeah, but mine was mine was Twitter-related and it was just, bam, there it was. No, but you looked, you didn't dig in? No, I, you didn't, can't no, no, no I, dag, I, I dug. No, I dug. I dug. I dug. I dug. I dug after seeing that image because the image was just there. And it was like, oh, okay. And it was the image words, and that was it. And I was like, like well, I was like, there you are. There's the moment. I've got to dig now. Um, but yeah, I think it's a massive shame for Naughty Dog to have what's happened to them. I think it's a shame for the writers and directors and all the testers and all the artists and audio people. Everyone who's worked on that game, knowing they're making another game based on a really big title. I just don't think that people need to be vilified and attacked for their work. If you don't like it, you don't like it, but you don't need to attack them. It's the problem with giving everyone a voice and an opinion on Twitter. It's just like, if I worked at Naughty Dog, I'd have shut my Twitter off for six months. I'd have been like, fuck it. I don't, I don't want to have to deal with this shit for doing my job. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 easy enough to say, don't read the replies or don't take them to heart or ah, they're just random Twitter accounts or just don't acknowledge them. But that's probably well, quite hard to do. Don't, don't read the comments, but if you do read a comment, it don't make it hurt any less. Like I'm sure if, you know, if you've spent hours and hours and hours working this game and you're really proud of it, like look at people who will put a YouTube video up, read the comments and the next video is them crying about the comments. It's like, words hurt people. It's like, it's how we communicate. It's like gonna hurt people. So just don't be a cunt. Well, and I just feel bad for the Naughty Dog staff because they've gone through this. I almost feel bad for the Bioware staff and I was furious at the end of Mass Effect 3, hmm. but they made the game they made that was the product they made that's what we got mm. I didn't like it I didn't buy the next one That that's if you if you want to express your displeasure to Naughty Dog don't buy their next game but then all you're really doing then is cutting your nose off to spite your face because they've got a new product that you might enjoy well do you know what buy it second hand then they don't get money and you get to at least play it and have an opinion but then if you did like it give them some money for a DLC or something well yeah I mean you, again if you've not played it you're not really entitled to an opinion yeah um, yeah so The Last of Us 2 has had glowing critical reviews not so glowing user reviews for the most part. And as we've talked on, um, it's a brilliant experience yeah. from what Ryan has said. I, I was in the fortunate position where he got sport for me. So I was like, well, I might as well just dig deep into the controversies and the news side of it and the journalism side of it and understand what's going on. I'll play it eventually and I'm sure I will enjoy it. Um, and maybe six months down the line, we'll look into Last of Us 2 again and see how people are reacting to it. I mean, I'm I'm sad that it got spoiled for you. Um, I probably won't play it again because it's such a fucking exhausting experience. Yeah. Um, but or at least not anytime soon. But I'm I'm sad for you based on how much I enjoyed it and what I got out of it. I'm sad that you've had it that kind of ignorance ruined for you, and you're not going to get to experience it the way it was intended to be. Well, hopefully, there's a bitter irony that the people who looked at the leak and then went, "This is shit. I'm not going to play it." If anything, I will look at the leak and kind of go, "Oh, I'm really more intrigued now." Suppose it depends on what the leak is, doesn't it? Like, yeah. I mean, I'll be doing a review of the new Indomitus 40k box for Game Hype soon. Mm-hmm. Um, the embargo date for the like, deadline for that was the 6th. You could start releasing your content on the 6th of July. Um, some knobhead that got sent a box early leaked the rules last week. Of course they would. 
Um, and because of that, the I haven't made my content yet. Um, making it tomorrow, so I was like, right, I've got I've got X amount of time to make my content. Yeah, yeah. And then some twat leaked it um, because they got their box early. And now workshop are like, right, but you can all like the leaks. It's out, so you may as well just do your content now. And it's kind of like, well, all this excitement and hope is ruined because some twat leaked it. And it's the same with Last of Us. Leaks are awful because you're taking someone's work and the effort that's put into this game it's crafting and it's release and then just kind of like look at me like, I'm, I'm sure there's a YouTube video somewhere of the guy who did the leak defending why he did the leak with a smug fucking look on his face really and it's just like I, I, you know, I haven't heard about that and it's just like you're a knob a company have sent you what's going to play like £180 box for free to review and your response is I've put the rules out early <laughs> it's like, well, how is he not going to get well he, he's not going to get sent shit afterwards is he? he'll just yeah. get blacklisted um but I haven't, I haven't watched the video because if he is the person that leaked it, I don't want to give him the, the fucking metadata. I don't want him having an extra view on the fucking video. Click dislike and click off again. There we go. Just, ugh, I don't know. It's just weird. Leaks to me are just harsh, like spoilers. Like, again, I worked at a comic shop, so every Marvel movie I went to at midnight didn't go see Endgame at midnight because it sold out before I got in there. So the entire day at work, people would walk in and I'd go, you spoil Endgame. I'm deleting your standing order. Yeah. And they'd go, <laughs> and I'd be like, I'm not joking. Like I'm in charge of that. You can't stop me. I will just get rid of all your comics. They'll be gone. That's a fair. That's a fair um, thing to say. People put time and effort into making it. People put time and effort and their money, especially as a fan. You put your time, your money, your dedication into being part of these things. And for some knobhead to ruin the experience of a spoiler is infuriating. It is. And do you know what? I don't think I don't think we'll ever spoil anything in this podcast. We will. We have done. You remember the old Xbox 360 Justice we used to meet out? You're an asshole in the game. You send us a grieving message. We check your achievement list, see what you've not finished, and you get spammed with messages. Ah, I said the on this podcast, not on Xbox Live. That's uh, an open warfield, so, my friend. So we've got like. If you really, piss me off, I'll, I'll do that on Xbox Live. We've got Live. segmented morality. We're like, yes. on Critical Geeks, we're nice. Yes. But on Xbox Live, we're dicks. You came here for our voice, but if you fucking troll us like you did on games, I'll spoil your ass on achievements. Simple as that. I will admit, it was funny. <laughs> of it, it was, was fun yeah. to do. Um, so yeah hopefully you have played The Last of Us 2 and if you've enjoyed it great and if you haven't well unfortunately it wasn't for you was it but hopefully you've enjoyed this podcast from myself Neil Dealey you can follow us on uh, Twitter and Ryan Perro who you can follow on gamehype.co.uk and at nbflying on Twitter awesome we are of course on the Apple Podcasts page and on Anchor and for this podcast we'll see you later
Slowly.